You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, it's December already. December it is, 2015. It that means it's the end of the year. and It's almost more like fall than winter. He's certainly here in the south. I mean, it's beautiful here today, although as I was just telling you, I was in Vienna, Austria this weekend, and trust me, it was plenty wintry over there. There's no snow, but it was chilly. It was it chilly. Was chilly. Got your it attention. It was chilly. You, could get the, you got the chill on. You had the, the gloves on, and uh, I... We went over, my wife and I took her to uh, the Christmas markets in Vienna, and it was just a fantastic time. Just a fantastic time. Well, wait, where, I, I don't see my, my, my bag. I, I didn't get you anything, David. Sorry. I didn't even think to get you anything. That's horrible, isn't it? I did get stuff from my office, and they'll love that when I get in later today to, to give that to them. But, uh, uh, David, I don't know if you watch the news at all. Are you a news guy? I don't know if you kind of follow the news. You so. know, I, I tell you, that's what got me into this. I can remember literally the time I can I could describe totally the scene. I was, uh, it would have been in 54, I was about 8, maybe 9 years old. I could figure out exactly if, mm-hmm. if I had time to think about it, but... I've been that I've been interested in it in news since I was uh, eight or nine age. years old. I mean, my my first time that I that I vividly remember is uh, Walter Cronkite reporting on casualties from the Vietnam, Vietnam War. Sure. Well, this in the was, late sixties. That was to me. Was, I mean, I watched the moon landing, but the, the, it's the casualties yeah. that really. Well, that that's funny because what got me into this was uh, the Dallas. This was before you were born, mm-hmm. but the Dallas tornado, and. Um, I had a uh, I had a Hoplong Cassidy radio. You remember radio, the I old do. time radio? I do. I had one myself. And uh, I had and I had another radio that we had in the house. And so I would I would sit there as a kid and tune them where they came in. And so I'd have stereo radio of sorts. Which stereo. We didn't even stereo. know what stereo was. But I was listening to a reporter from Dallas, Texas, uh, talking about live from Dallas, mm-hmm. talking about the tornado. And he stopped and said, oh, my God. And then it's a person's hand. Wow. Live on the radio, just like that. And, uh, I mean, that just... And wow. I, at that point, I said, "I, I want to be in radio." Yeah, I, I, well, I, I love I love listening to radio. I love I love news. And um, I don't know if you saw yesterday, but a uh, presidential candidate came out yesterday and demanded a halt to immigration from Muslim nations. That was your man Trump that did. Oh that. no! Oh no! Oh, Donald Trump did that too. <laughs> oh no! I was referring to Ted Cruz and Rand Paul. No, oh, wait a no, second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Did Donald Trump say something as well? I was out of the country. Oh, Donald Trump was the one that <coughs> said, that demanded a halt to Muslim. Muslim immigration. immigration. Oh, and then wow. Ted because Cruz and anybody else came when out When did he do that? Me. Did he do that yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. Wow, because uh, Cruz and Paul did it two days ago. Well, they, they came out against what Trump had said. Oh, really? I wonder yeah. why they would come out against Trump when they called for the same thing. Well, that, that uh, I guess that you... There is here uh, an article from one of your favorite news sites, Breitbart, uh, uh, which has not met a headline I couldn't misrepresent, <clears throat> where it says that presidential candidates Ted Cruz and Rand Paul are demanding a halt to immigration countries, immigration from Muslim nations with jihadist movements. But I think Donald Trump went a uh, He went a little further. further. He said, he said oh. no Muslim 
I mean, apparently, I, I heard him this morning on Morning Joe, um, or maybe it was CNN, where he said that, how, how, how are you going to do this exactly? Are you going to have the Border Patrol guys say, hey, are you Muslim? And I, I, I heard Donald Trump say this. It could work like that. Yeah, it, that could be one way. we got we got to come up with the details. This is what I love about Trump. I worry about the details. Um, now, of well, course. Isn't that the same approach that your president takes? Well, let's not get into get my president here a second. I'm still talking about uh, uh, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and Donald Trump. So how did Ted Cruz and Rand Paul escape the, the, the poop storm unleashed on Trump's comments? I, I, because Trump goes a step further? How? I mean, presumably every Muslim nation has a, quote, jihadist movement, including the United States of America. There's a jihadist movement here, is there not? Oh yeah, we saw that in the in the attacks this last week. I mean, that was homegrown terrorism right there. Um, so here's what's interesting: Cruz tweeted this: "If elected, I will shut down the broken immigration system that is letting jihadists into our country." He then elaborated that because, you know, that's a great talking point. The president should place an immediate moratorium on refugees from countries with a, quote, significant, close quote, al-Qaeda or ISIS presence, such as Syria. I've introduced legislation to make this happen. It's not a desired step, but a step necessary for the security of the United States. Now, David, what does the word significant mean to you? Now, do you think it means the same thing to Rand Paul or or to Ted Cruz? I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, significant, I think, for him would mean any chance, right? A- anything at all. Um, similarly, Rand Paul tweeted, quote, While at POTUS paid lip service to this fight, he plans to keep failed rules in place and allow tens of thousands of refugees to enter the United States. Okay. Here's my question, David. Which refugee that Obama has admitted uh Created a terrorist incident. I don't Which know. Refugee. Which refugee? Immigrant? I mean, because he's calling. Paul yeah. is saying he wants the refugees not to come. Oh. So, which refugee As is you it? Have pointed out many, many times, there's a difference between refugee and, and asylees, an immigrant and asylees. So, which one is this? I mean, this this is what really bothers me about this whole process, this whole um, rhetoric is that it's based in ignorance. Not necessarily the ignorance of the speaker, but the lack of knowledge of the American public as to how the system works. Because unless you're involved in the system, what interest do you have in figuring out how refugees are selected and processed? So what would you say about Malik? About who? Malik. Who's uh, The lady that was in the... The wife. The wife. The wife. Uh, the wife who came on a fiancé visa. Right. But Dave, I'm going to get into that a little bit later on fiancé visa. So you, let me, I, want, I want to address your point in our next segment because I've really got a, something I've been thinking about. In fact, when I was in New York on Friday, I spoke to that issue. And I've talked to several folks in the press about this. In fact, I've got a meeting coming up with a, with a, with a reporter after our, after our podcast today. Um, but I'm just really f- interested here in uh, what Cruz and Paul have said because – They're getting nothing, no attention on this. Paul then explained this. Immigration visas and refugees from countries with active terror networks 
must be halted while we determine how to better secure our borders. In a separate tweet, he said, quote, His administration, I assume Obama, is focused on gun laws that won't stop terrorists while pushing policies that will let more of them in the country. Hmm. You know, that's, um, that's interesting. Now, Rubio is taking the high ground here. Uh, Rubio did not call for Muslim curbs of any kind, although he did admit ISIS is trying to infiltrate the refugee program. In fact, Rubio has previously said he'd hate to use Congress's power of the purse to block funding for Obama's refugee program. I didn't know that Obama had created America's refugee program. Did you know that? Well, I, I thought, I thought well, you know what Obama is? He must be the emperor because he just created the program. That's amazing, David. Did you know he was the emperor? Oh, wait, you thought he was an emperor. Forget, I forget that. No, he thinks he's the emperor. He thinks he's the emperor. Or king, but he gets now, confused. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Who created the refugee program? Congress. Congress did. I mean, Congress created the refugee program. I mean, come on. And who do they give discretion to to run the refugee program? The president. It, it, it's just amazing to me that the rhetoric that you hear from, from the uninformed people running for president of the United States... Uh, fails to take the opportunity to educate the American public about how the program works and instead rather relies on intentional misinformation, maybe call it lies about the program, and the generation of fear of the program. You know, David, a couple weeks ago, um, we received... um, uh, the message from our governor in Georgia that he was uh, going to fight the resettlement of refugees here in the state uh, in a in a direct uh, response to the Paris attacks, and I was interviewed about that on television. Did you see that on TV? You probably didn't see that. It was on regular news. Like, see, it wasn't on Telemundo. It was on like CBS or oh, something oh, like that, or no, Fox, including I'm, Fox. Maybe it was on Fox. Maybe you saw can, it there. Can you send me a video? Of it? I'll send you a video of it, David. Uh, so Fox uh, interviewed me, and I simply said. You know, as much as the government, the governor of Georgia thinks he might like to stop and choose who lives in his state, he simply doesn't have that right under the Constitution of the United States in long-settled Supreme Court president, precedent. He doesn't get to pick who lives here. I mean, we have this thing called the right of travel. There are other, other, there are other rights in the Constitution, David, besides the Bill of Rights. One of them is the right to travel freely between the states. And no state can infringe that. And the Supreme Court ruled on an issue over 100 years ago. Um, but what's interesting about this is I said that on TV. That was not controversial, right? I'm not saying we should settle lots of refugees here. I'm not saying we should open the border. I just said the governor simply doesn't have the authority to do that, period. A great talking point, but it's meaningless. Um, we got a, I don't know if I told you this, but we got a call that night. Um, uh, that individual was arrested by the Fulton County, by the Sandy Springs Police Department. Uh, and uh, we'll be indicted for terroristic threats at our office, uh, threatening to kill me and my family and my office. Now, if me coming out simply saying what the governor can't do under the Constitution generates that kind of threat, that kind of ha- visceral hatred, what do you think is going to be generated by what Trump and Cruz and Paul say? I mean, what kind of hatred is generated by that? I mean, maybe this guy is just talking, maybe he's not, but the people in my office were peeing in their pants all day. They were scared to death. You know, I've had other death threats. I don't, I don't really pay them much of mine because I carry a concealed weapon, but they don't. 
They don't. So, you know, some people would say, well, just everybody should just arm themselves. Why? Why should there be death threats? The law, we're, we are a country of laws. Oh, you don't believe that, Chuck, because you believe in illegal immigration. I don't believe in illegal immigration. I believe in legal immigration. But I also believe in the Constitution. Anybody's here protected by the Constitution, by the laws Congress put, put into place. And so if people that are here illegal, they get a right to due process before they leave. Everybody does. That's just the way our country runs. You don't like that? Run for, run for emperor. Obama's leaving in a, in a year or so. And what really bothers me about this, David, is the this heightened level of visceral hatred against a uh, a religious minority in our United States. I mean, a small minority. We're talking about five, maybe six million Muslims at the most in the United States today, uh, in a country of three hundred and fifteen million people. That kind of visceral hatred causes serious physical harm to occur not just threats. People will be harmed by listening to that rhetoric and getting all riled up internally, feeling they have to take action based upon those words. But, or not but, that's not the... the I don't that's the word you're looking for. No, it's not. You and I, over the years, have discussed one thing, and, and you brought it up a minute ago, and that's education. It is. And... and you know, we need, instead of, I could sit here and spout all day long about my beliefs, my opinions, mm-hmm. whatever and whatever, but that doesn't make it factual. No. Uh, I think, personally, <laughs> and I, it's never going to be done, I don't think, but the words that are spouted on, whether it's CNN or MSNBC. Those aren't are facts. Or, no. They're, they're, they're not, none of those are facts. Exactly, and I think they should be held accountable when they come out and one of their people says, and they will, and that's their training to be able to make convince you that what I'm talking right. about is etched in stone. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the Ten Commandments. It's uh, the Constitution. It's the Bill of Rights. It's what. And if I say it, it you got to do it. True. You got to follow it, right? But I think that somebody should. Uh, should make them accountable just just for the mere fact that the public needs to know the truth. I th- personally think the public, 98% of them, could handle the truth. I agree. But what's happening is they're getting television truth. Television truth. You know, instead of reading a book... Or even the internet truth. I mean, the internet is just as bad. Oh, sure. It's just as bad as, as, in fact, it's probably worse in some ways than television or radio. Because it may be coming from me that knows nothing. Right. I mean, you don't know who this person is. I mean, oh, he's a doctor. Doctor of what? (laughs) I mean, really, a doctor from what school? Oh, From where? That's funny that you mention that because I, I, uh, through Facebook, was introduced to, and he always called himself doctor. Well, he was a doctor because he paid enough to a, a matchbook a university. A matchbook school, right? Yes. He became a doctor. To become a, a doctor. And I, I really started pinning him down one time, and, and when he couldn't uh, answer, well, that, that was the last I wanted to, I didn't want to have anything to do with him. Um, you know. Well, you know, and this is the problem. By having these leaders say these what can only be described as racist positions. Well, it's not racist to want to protect America. No, it's not. But it's 
it's racist to do it in a racist way. I mean, we have thousands, tens of thousands of Muslim Americans, Americans of Muslim faith, fighting our armed forces today. We have been successful in fighting terrorism around the world because of Muslims fighting against the, the manipulation of their own religion by fanatics. Much like I would hope we would fight against the rise of the Ku Klux Klan in America who claim to be Christians, but can in no way be defined according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, do we want all Americans judged by what the KKK does? I would, a Christian, I would hope not. David, we should take a break now uh, before we, we run over our time here <laughs> and come back on our next segment on America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Hello, I'm Pat Rulo, hostess of Speak Up and Stay Alive, the voice for patient safety. Now heard every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. right here at americaswebradio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio, the Immigration Hour, perhaps the most listened to podcast in the known universe, David. So I, I, on immigration, certainly on immigration, exactly. Um, so uh, Paul, Ron, Rand Paul, put his amendment into a bill recently and on Thursday, Rubio voted against the amendment offered by Paul to pause immigration from more than 30 Muslim nations with jihadist movements, which, which David would be all Muslim nations, by the way. Uh, both Senator Rubio and Senator Graham opposed Paul's amendment. What was the final vote on Rand Paul's amendment? Do you, you know? 89 to 10. 89 to 10. Now, Breitbart, as you know, uh, represents kind of the fringe uh, right wing, the fringe right wing of the GOP, not even the right wing, but the fringe right wing. Uh, they had this quote, both Paul and Cruz opposed the Gang of Eight bill, which had it become law, would have issued 33 million green cards in a single decade. Really? Wow. Didn't know that. You know why I didn't know that? Because it's made up. <laughs> it's not real. It's not a fact. But somebody's going to read this BS, and they're going to believe this because they don't know any better. They don't know where to go and say, I should read this and understand this better. Or you know what you could even do? You could read the bill. Another fault of our education system. I was talking to one of my sons a few years ago who was about to graduate from high school, and it was while something was going on with immigration. I said, you should read this bill. And he goes, what's a bill? I said, it's how laws get proposed and they go in Congress. I said, you've never read a bill? No, I never read a bill. Wow. 
That was my son, who I consider pretty well educated. I had not told him and taught him to do that. I think he's more educated now that he's been through a good college and understands, you know, how the politics of America works. But how many Americans today have, read, have actually read a bill? I mean, you read Obamacare, right? No. David, then how can you complain about Obamacare if you I haven't read, read it? Uh, David, it's only 2,000 pages. It's less reading. It's less than twice the size of Atlas Shrugged. I mean, come on. <laughs> I have read other bills, and I've read a couple of, uh, in, in the past, I've read some state bills. Yeah, those are typically rather poorly written, by the way. Um, and um, uh, most of them shouldn't be laws anyway. You know, we should have a moratorium on Congress meeting. We should have. A, we should just say we're going to pass a law that says every law currently in the books, every budget is on is okay, and we're not going to meet for the next year. They should put a moratorium on Congress voting on anything until they all attend a school to learn facts. I mean, that's as crazy as what 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 Trump is saying that we should stop all Muslim immigration to America. And I just somebody asked him this great question. Well, what about somebody who's just agnostic? Yeah, they come from a Muslim country. You know, you don't get baptized in the Muslim faith. To become a Muslim, you simply repeat the words that make you a Muslim, that you believe in Allah and, and, and Muhammad is his prophet. That's how you become Muslim, right? And, you know, basically every eight-year-old boy has probably said that over there, and girl. But like in America, there's lots of agnostics. Does every American go to Christian church on Sunday? And what's the percentage of people actually go to church on Sunday? I mean, certainly well below 50% in America, which makes the rest of America likely agnostics. Eh, I don't believe, I don't believe. Do we let agnostic Muslims in from Muslim countries? I mean, what is the standard? It's such a, and, and David, with the greatest harm, your son's in the military, right? This is where the greatest harm comes in with, with allowing, we can't, well, we, I can't say the word allow. We have to allow Trump to say any crazy thing he wants to say. That's, that's freedom of speech. But the harm it does to our armed services members abroad and to our diplomats abroad. Uh, David, I decided this morning I was done listening to CNN and MSNBC and Fox. Do you know there's another news source out there that actually is, I think, a little bit better than all that? BBC. The BBC, exactly. I've got a satellite radio in my car. And, David, I was listening to their take on Trump this morning, and it was fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating. Um they realize, and they, the, the, the commentator kept making the point uh, to his listeners, this is a primary in America. It's not the general election. These are people vying to be in the, the candidate in the general election. Basically, he said, don't take it too seriously, <laughs> was his comment. So I'm going to start listening to the BBC. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. I guess I could listen to NPR, but we're at National LPR, National Liberal Public Radio. Uh, although I, I've been on NPR many times, David, I don't think it's necessarily liberal or conservative. I think anybody would be deemed to be liberal if they were just reporting the facts. And I think NPR, many, well, not all NPR stations, certainly the ones we have here in Georgia, do a pretty good job of just factual reporting. I think that, that overall feeling that, they, that they're funded by the government and they're super liberal comes kind of a national mentality. But I think you listen to the local NPR, you, don't, you just don't get that. Um, but they don't have the resources of the BBC. And the BBC brings in that whole worldwide. So I would encourage my listeners to turn off CNN. Turn off Fox, please. Turn off MSNBC. Turn on BBC. Plus, what I like about BBC in America television, they always show Star Trek. 
<laughs> and a real fascination with it. I think it's Picard. They really like Picard. Um, now, there is so much going on in the world, David, with immigration. I was thinking about this today, and you brought up the wife, the terrorist wife. What did you call her? Malik? Malik was her Malik? last is name. Malik? M A L I K? M A L I K. Malik. That's how you say that, is Malik. An emphasis on the, on the I. It's an I K instead of a, a, a Malik. Malik would be the English pronunciation, I think, of her name. Malik would be her, the Arabic pronunciation of her name. Um, she came into the United States on what type of visa? Contrary to what Obama said in his speech. Fiance. Fiance. You know. You don't happen to know what that visa is called besides a fiance visa? No. It's called a K-1. Uh, K referring simply to the letter of the section of the immigration law that creates the K-1 visa. Um now, Obama, in his speech, I didn't listen to the speech, but I did hear this part because it got a lot of press from immigration lawyers and friends of mine. He said something like, we need to take a look, another look at the visa waiver program, implying that she had come on a visa waiver, which is simply not true. She actually went through the normal vetting process that we give to all immigrants coming to the United States from abroad. Now, David, let's talk about what is that process. All right. So first of all, there has to be a, an application for a fiancé involves the U.S. citizen spouse going and meeting, physically meeting the, the, the person they want to marry. Um, they have to go to that country. That's required. So they have to be a physical in-person meeting, and you have to prove you had a physical in-person meeting. Why do we do that? Do you know why we do that? Mail-order brides. Hmm. Remember that term back in the day? Uh, so we don't have mail-order brides anymore. There's still internet dating and stuff, but you have to meet in person. That person then comes back to the United States and files with the Immigration Service an application to classify this person as their fiancé. They have to prove they've met. They have to prove, they have to discuss how the relationship developed, and they have to have evidence that they have contact. So pictures, emails, uh, cards, um, uh, parties they've been together. Let's say, let's say they had an engagement party, something like that. So that's all given to the Immigration Service with a filing fee of around $420. Takes immigration five to seven months to process that. At the end of that, they may ask more questions, but usually they don't because, you know, it's a fiancé. What, what evidence do you have that you're really together other than pictures and your plane tickets? So they approve that. That approval, then, is sent to the U.S. consulate. Now, from what I've gathered, they met in Saudi, but she actually immigrated through Pakistan, because she's Pakistani. So she went back to Pakistan and immigrated there, so they, but they apparently were both in Saudi for the Hajj, what I could tell. It's a little unclear. Interesting how it always goes back to Saudi Arabia, isn't it? Um, so she then has an appointment... About three to five months after, this is just general processing. I don't know how long hers took, but probably no different than this. Three to five months after immigration approves her, she has an interview at the embassy. Prior to that interview, she has had her fingerprints taken. She has had a picture taken, and biometric, what we call biometric background checks are run. This is run against all the databases the U.S. government has. There's about 18 or 19 databases, um, and occasionally... When immigration does fiancé visas or marriage cases, do you know what else they look at to see if it's real? Facebook. They go on Facebook. How did she get by by lying about her address? 
I don't know anything about lying about her address. But here's the question, David. Here, here's the situation. She, on her application for the, the green card, she puts down an address. Okay? If that address is real, and there's no, no other flag, there's nothing else in a flag, now she should have disclosed where she went to school. She should have disclosed what her job background was. All those required in the application. But there is no independent way, short of sending out an investigator from the embassy on every immigrant visa, there's no way to check every individual person where there's not a flag of some kind, particularly for a young 27-year-old college graduate. Let's take a break and talk about this more when we get back on the Immigration Now on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine. Understand Obamacare and learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. David, welcome back. And all our listeners, welcome back to America's Web Radio. David, this is breaking news. I had not seen this address thing. And you said ABC uh, uh, reported that she gave a false address in Pakistan, uh, which is kind of stupid. I don't know why she would do that. I mean, they're not like they're going to check out anywhere. So here's ABC News. ABC News uh, said this. Now, the application goes in. Okay, I wonder how they even got her application. It's interesting that's been released already, because typically you can get that even if you, if your own application, you can't even get a copy of it. Um, so she filled out the application. It has her address on it, but the embassy typically does not send out investigators, particularly on a fiance visa, to go check out whether somebody actually lives there or not, because in many ways it's not relevant to what they were thinking about. I mean. Where was she living if she wasn't living there? Um, that the uh, uh, this this is all very interesting. So she gets the fiance visa, which then gives her ninety days in which to enter six months in which to enter the United States and then get married within ninety days. So then she gets the visa. She comes into the U.S. travels with her husband, her fiance, because I saw that picture that was taken at CBP when they came into the United States. Um, they take her picture, she gets here, they get married. Within 90 days, they apply for the green card, and she got her green card this last summer. Now, at the green card stage of the process, immigration also runs a background check, also checks to see if it's a real marriage. They probably do do Facebook checks on them. 
Uh, I certainly they do that here in Atlanta. They look up people's background and stuff, um, and I can guarantee they're going to do even more in the future. And they issue her the visa. What about her background should have told them that she was radicalized? That's the question. What could they have found out that would have known that? A bigger concern are the neighbors who didn't report the strange behavior because they thought they'd be profiled as racist. I mean, I understand that fear. I think we'll get over that as a country. Um, What about the family? Mom, as I understand it, lived in the house. How did mom not know what was going on? She did. In fact, uh, I think ABC or one channel has been reporting that mother denied knowing anything, but then they found that she has had communications with other suspected people of question. Well, get this. The Saudi intelligence people had no information about her. The Saudis. They don't have to worry about the Constitution. They track everybody, and they don't have anything. Um, It's really uh, interesting here. Um, The dad appears to be separated family. He's probably completely out of touch with what's going on. Well, he's now been placed under surveillance. He's in Italy, I believe. Oh, is he really? He was in Italy. He may be back in the States now. Okay. He was in Italy, and he is a person of interest. Um, I can't find anything on the ABC side about the address other than what's, what was referred to from other, uh, other stuff. But think about this, Dave. That's the process people go through. Here's my question. What else do you want to do? Do you want to have a home visit for every immigrant? Well, you can't. I, you know, you can't do that? The whole thing has to be, and, and this is where Trump's wrong, you know, they're all wrong. You can't stop it. You can't have somebody each and every. It would take. I mean, we don't have the personnel to to follow up and go and knock on your door. Okay. It takes a long time just to get a security check in the United States. If your if, if your job uh, demands that you have a, a certain security clearance, we we don't have enough. There's not enough personnel around the world to be able to do, go out and then do an interview on everybody. Um, now, is this a problem with the fiancé visa? It's a problem with everything. Uh, you know, we hear, uh, you've heard me talk before about the, the folks that, uh, like Bernie Sanders, have been in the past. Um, you know, all these foreigners coming here, stealing our jobs and coming in our country, and we're importing these guys. We should stop immigration. Well, David, I, I should have a different take on that. You know, we probably should have a process before somebody can marry a foreign national, a U.S. citizen. They have to prove there's no ready, willing, and able U.S. citizens they could marry. We should make them take out ads in the paper and go on dating sites for a couple of years before they should be allowed to marry somebody they want to marry in another country. What do you think about that? You know, I'm just kidding, David. I'm just kidding about that. I'm just kidding about that. I mean, that's what people want to do. You're going to say, Americans, you can't marry who you want to marry? Are you really going to tell people that? No, and then, but on the other hand, although they had a child that she quickly gave up, obviously. Oh, this woman woman is clearly no more mother than that chair is in, in this office. So, you know, was it a marriage, really? Or was it a terrorist plot? 
Well, you know, if it's a terrorist plot, I tell you what's happening right now at Immigration Service, David. I can guarantee this is happening right now. They're pulling out of their computers and off the shelves every fiancé visa application from the Middle East in the last three years. Guarantee you that is happening right now. I guarantee you that every pending fiancé visa application right now is undergoing a review about whether or not they missed something in their vetting. They're going on Facebook. They're going on LinkedIn. They're going on jihadist websites. They're going everywhere double-checking every existing fiancé visa. Here's what the terrorists have done, David. They make us doubt ourselves. And they win. And they win by doing that. Donald Trump lets the terrorists win by advocating to stopping Muslim immigration. He lets the terrorists win when he does that. Because that's exactly what they want at ISIS and Al-Qaeda. They want their caliphate. Then they want to take that caliphate against the rest of the world. Well, people can't immigrate to other countries to find safety and shelter and peace and happiness. Then what they're going to, what they're going to stay home and fight. I mean, this is completely anti... It's completely anti against fighting terrorism. That's kind of a double negative. It helps the terrorists when he says stuff like this. And when, when, when his rhetoric and the rhetoric of Paul and of Cruz make us afraid... David's so afraid that he, they want everybody in America to carry guns everywhere they go so they don't get shot by a terrorist. David, do you want to live in a country like that's paranoia? That, 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 that is truly paranoia. And who wins by that paranoia? Donald J. Trump wins. Who else? Oh, the terrorists win. The terrorists the terrorist win. Thanksgiving at every football game. You know? uh, when they... Everything that we did over Thanksgiving and any other time, when you when you double, triple, quadruple the uh, amount of coverage, the police coverage, whatever, it's it's a big suck on the economy. The Macy's Day Parade, my gosh, how much extra did how many did cops it cost? did they have on there? Oh, thirty-four hundred, really? thirty-seven hundred, or something like that. I mean, exorbitant amount of overtime was paid. It, it just stuns me, David, that um, we're in a situation like this where we're allowing our politicians, and then from Obama on down, not to lead. Uh, from what I heard about Obama's speech, it was listless, he said leaderless, oh, okay. and contentless, uh, which would be like a lot of his presidency in many ways on a lot of the different issues. Um, we probably can expect nothing less than that from him. Nothing more than that from him. Uh, But at the same time, where is the GOP? They're spreading fear and hate. Where where is the leadership in Congress? Where is Mitch McConnell? Where is the Speaker of the House? Where's the Speaker of the House? This is craziness. We will not do this. I mean, what are we waiting for? When will a mosque be bombed because of this? When will a Muslim be killed walking out of their out of, out of out of their mosque on a Friday afternoon because somebody got made crazy by these statements? Now, David, I would like to say um, that um, this is unique to the 21st century. I mean, I'd like to say that. 
uh, unfortunately, um, can't say that. It's not unique to the 21st century. Um, now, David, you know that I'm Mormon, right? You know that. I'm Latter-day Saint. Um, and uh, there is a chapter in American history uh, where Mormons were targeted because of the religion through our immigration laws. You know, this happened 150 years ago, 130 years ago, but it's, it's as if it happened today. I mean, I, I am a history major. When I went to college, I majored in history uh, because I love history. I, I love the fact that we can learn, hopefully learn, from the past because, as you know, those who d- d- fail to learn their history are doomed to repeat it. But we can learn from history and not repeat those mistakes, and yet here we are. My guess is that Donald Trump doesn't read a lot of history books. Uh, that Rand Paul and Ted Cruz are so caught up in their self-aggrandizement that though they may have read history books, they simply haven't learned from them. Um, I have learned from history books, and I try not to repeat the mistakes of the past. Uh, There uh, was in uh, the 1870s, 1860s, 1880s, um, a policy in the United States uh, to deport individuals who believed, who at the time the Mormons believed in polygamy, who believed in the Mormon faith. In 1892, 2,800 people faced deportation from the United States in total, and the vast majority of those were Mormons, for believing in a faith that believed in polygamy. Polygamy was made a ground of exclusion that year, ground of keeping people out of the United States. Um, this idea that, okay, let's keep Muslims out. Who's next? We don't like Sikhs either. Hindus, for sure not. Buddhists. Look at those crazy Buddhist monks. Um, you know, there's these crazy parts of Christianity we don't like. How about them? We'll, we'll keep them out too. Uh, I, I was thinking earlier today, what does Donald Trump's America actually look like? It doesn't have, quote, Mexicans, which I assume he means everybody who's Latino. It doesn't have anybody from the Middle East. Who else doesn't it have? Does it have Jews in it? I don't know. Does it have blacks in it? A little unclear, frankly. So what does Donald Trump's America really look like? When you boil down his rhetoric, you know who I see? I see George Wallace. I see, I see Eugene McCarthy. That's who I see when I hear this guy. You know, I used to admire Donald Trump for what he was able to accomplish. He had great golf courses. The guy built great golf courses. But what we're learning about him, what we're learning about his ideas, is that many of them are hollow. They have a very nice facade. They're gilded in gold and silver. But they're hollow on the inside. I think Trump's hollow on the inside. Uh, It's sad that somebody like this is receiving any percentage of the GOP primary vote, let alone a percentage enough to lead in some of the polls. And you think, listeners, people listening to him, think about what he's saying. You don't think there's a better way? You, you, you really hate Congress that much that you're willing to put somebody in charge who is wholly 
and literally unqualified to be president of the United States. I do like what George Bush said. Yeah, Jeb Bush said yesterday. He's unhinged. I was listening to him last night when he was talking on the radio because I was driving back from the airport and I was still listening to MSNBC at the time. And they must play Donald Trump more than any other station because he's always on that on that station. He doesn't say anything of substance. He talks in platitudes, but he says nothing of substance, particularly on immigration. Let's take a break now in our final segment of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del Grupo de Abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Stay safe from little-known health care and hospital hazards right here every Thursday morning at 9 with me, your hostess, Pat Rulo. Or listen to my podcasts at americaswebradio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, we were just talking before the break about my faith, uh, whose members faced uh, exclusion from the United States after the 1882 enactment of the exclusion rules that involved polygamy. But we weren't the only ones. Muslims as well were excluded from the United States, really beginning in about 1910 or so. Um, by that time, the Mormon problem had resolved itself. The church had abandoned polygamy, and Utah had become a state. Um, in uh, 1910, 46 Turks had been turned away from the United States at the border, at the, at the, at the port of entry, because they were Muslims, because they, Muslims believed in polygamy, allowed polygamy in their faith. So they were barred from the United States. Uh, so this whole idea of barring Muslims from coming in, uh, I guess Donald Trump could use the polygamy rules, um, except that you have to plan to practice polygamy, not just believe in polygamy. Uh, and uh, that was a clarification of the rules that had occurred in the Department of State under Williams Jennings Bryan. But it's interesting. We have targeted Muslims before because of their faith, much like we've targeted Mormons before because of their faith. Um, and as we move this rhetoric forward, as the caucus in Iowa will show, uh, Trump will not win there. I mean, how could he? He's insulted every Iowan. Um, uh, Cruz is going to win there. But Cruz has got no other way to win. Um, Trump is going to lose New Hampshire. And here's my question, David. What, how will Trump get out of the race? Here's my guess. You should write this down, David. I think this is what he's going to say when he gets out of the race. 
I'm too good for you. America didn't want somebody like me. I'm just too good for you. You'll come begging for me after the election. You're going to know Trump should have been the candidate when we lose. He's going to say something like that when he withdraws from the race. Guarantee you. Now, here's the question. Will he run as an independent? Because this much I know. If he is the GOP candidate, Hillary Clinton will crush him. I mean, landslide-like crushing. The polls you see today are irrelevant. Because Donald Trump has undergone no attacks. No, no. I mean, I guess Cages is running something, but it's meaningless at this point, and nobody's really paying attention. But you watch the Clinton machine against against Trump. I don't care how much money he has; they will bury him. They will bury him. Uh, if he gets forty percent, it would be stunning amount. In fact, I would guess you'd if he was the candidate, there would be other GOP guys who would run as an independent just to draw votes away from him to make sure he didn't win. Now, that said, I'm still going with my original prediction. Jeb Bush is going to be the candidate. John Kasich will be the vice presidential candidate. That's a winning ticket right there. Florida, Oregon, I think they could win. Ohio. Ohio, sorry. Ohio. Oregon, nobody cares about it. Clinton's going to win that. I think that's the only hope the GOP has is a Kasich-Bush or Bush-Kasich ticket. I I just don't see how they can get enough votes otherwise. Um, But uh, this whole idea of of Trump constantly focusing on immigration. Uh, 25 years ago, when I got into immigration law, I thought we had solved the big problem, our immigration problem, and the rhetoric had disappeared. But then I saw in 96, rhetoric came back. Then we saw again in 2001 and 2002, the rhetoric comes back. And now we see in 2015, the rhetoric comes back. And every time the rhetoric is associated with Somehow immigrants are harming America. And yet, there's never any proof of that. And you know why there's no proof of that? Because it's just not factually true. It's literally just made up. It's made up to make certain people who have not been successful in their life, who have made poor choices in their life, feel bad about what they, make them feel better about what they haven't accomplished because somebody stole it from them. One thing I love about America is nobody steals anything from you. You might give things away. You might fail to take advantage of opportunities presented to you. But nobody steals anything from you. Nobody takes anything from you that that you have earned. I mean, other than some of your tax money, David. But other than that, they don't take it. Opportunities are presented to almost every American. I'm not going to say almost every American. Some don't, don't get opportunity. But almost everyone, and I will tell you, the vast majority of those supporting Donald Trump have had numerous opportunities in their life to be successful. And I just can't imagine, I literally can't imagine, somebody making the decision to vote for Donald Trump over somebody with real leadership skills, like a Bush or a Kasich, uh, I'm not going to say Rubio because I don't think he has leadership skills. I really don't. He's a great speaker, but I, I just don't think he's got leadership skills. He stutters too much. He stutters too much. And when you stutter, and I think Obama does this all the time when he doesn't have a teleprompter. He stutters all the time. He talks slow. Because their minds aren't sharp enough to get right to the point, to refute wrong, to correct ill. They just don't have that ability. You know... At the end of the day, David, 
I think. I mean, I, I still think Hillary's going to win. I don't see how she loses. Have you? Could you figure out how she loses yet? Only if she's indicted, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. If she gets not indicted, does she win? Realistically, I hope not. No, realistically, I don't. You know. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's you know I think it's too early. Uh, it's up in the air, uh, and a lot of it depends on the. Do you media. Know who get really upset when I say that? By the way. Do I get upset? No, do you know who gets really upset when I say Hillary's oh, no. going to win? Bernie Sanders peoples. <laughs> I don't Bernie, know. None of, them, none of them have been in the office. Uh, You've had no Bernie people here. I've had no Bernie me. people here. Somehow I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> I don't know. They turned down our invitation constantly. Did they really? No. Really? Oh, I can't. Maybe we should get a Bernie Sanders guy. In fact, you know, I know a guy who might come on to talk about that. I might get his Bernie, a big Bernie Sanders supporter to talk about that. Um, and... Uh, what do we do with the body afterwards? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> um, now, as we move forward on immigration, David, we know the fiancé visa is not going to be changed. We do know it's going to be lengthened. I had a, in fact, I had a talk on Friday with a, with a client, Thursday with a client. I said, you know, because of what happened in California – Normally, I would tell you it's going to take seven to ten months to get your future bride here. Probably going to take a little bit longer than that now. Um, yeah, she's from she's from Latin America, so I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But if you're bringing a bride from from Middle East, yeah. Do you know our immigration forms, David? Don't ask about religion. Do you know why? And probably they shouldn't. No, because it's not relevant. Your religion is not relevant. Uh, they ask the polygamy question still, though. Um, Obviously, I think you mentioned that you had read the Quran. I have. Is it really... It's hard to read, by the way. It's not... Is it really a religion or an ideology? Surely it's a religion. I mean, that's that's how millions of people worship God through that faith. So absolutely it's a religion. The fact that that a Christian might not agree with what's in the Quran, or might agree, I don't know if you saw the the Man on the Street interview the other day... Hmm. People were given quotes from the Bible and said they were from the Quran and they, they believed them. This came from the Quran and it said this, oh, I don't believe that at all. And yet it was taken directly from the Bible. There's a lot of similarities between the two. Because Muslims view themselves as people of the book. As people of the book. I'd probably bring Hibba on here next week to have talk about this. People of the book. That means they, 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 they come from an Abrahamic tradition. Like Jews and Christians view themselves as coming from Abrahamic tradition. There's just that divergence 1,400 years ago. 1,600, yeah, 1,400 years ago. Um, so yes, I view it as religion. Absolutely, it's a religion, and people deserve to be respected for that religion. The fact that some people have hijacked it is much the same, David, as the KKK hijacking Christianity in the South. Is that a reflection of Christianity? Would Jesus recognize that Christianity? I don't think so. The idea that uh, white supremacists believe that that's what Christ would want them to do—Christ wasn't even white. He's Middle Eastern. He's a Semite. I mean, why would he? Why would he favor white white supremacy? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and so you see, people use religious texts to justify all kinds of crazy butt stuff. So yes, I believe it's a religion. Uh, you should read the Quran. It's a hard read, David. I will tell you, it's a, it's a slog. Um, and, and I found out why recently. By the way, uh, I don't read I don't read Arabic. Uh, but much like the King James Version of the Bible was written in 16th century English, okay, uh, the, the Quran is written in 
6th and 7th century Arabic. Arabic's changed just much like English has changed over the last, you know, 1,400 years. Um, and so the translations that you get are ideatic translations. They, 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 they translate the idea of what's being said rather than the wording of what's being said. So unless you speak ancient Arabic or Arabic today, you're going to have a really hard time understanding it if, when it's translated into a separate language. That's why a lot of people learn Arabic so they can read the Quran in its original language. But for me, it was kind of a tough read, honestly. Um, and there, but there's a lot of similarities you'd see in there. Remember, at the end of the day, what do what, what Muslims believe? They believe at the end of the day, Christ will return and lead the armors against the fight against non-Muslims to secure victory for Muslims and world domination. Jesus is going to do that. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, so, David, at the end of the day, we've got a lot of, lot of stuff moving. Uh, Congress is going to tighten up the visa waiver program, which, which Obama should not have talked about, which, which, which he did talk about. Uh, and that's good. It's okay to tighten up the visa waiver program. Um, but it really works well right now. Um, and having that interview at the airport or having an interview and going and getting some more detailed information for people, that's quite all right. Uh, right now, it takes it should take three days from the time you apply for a visa to the time you get it on this visa waiver program, um, and that's that can be lengthened. They can say, "Oh, do you have to apply a week beforehand? Do you have to apply ten days beforehand? Whatever it happens to be." Uh, but that once you apply, you don't ever reapply, and you you really when you come to the airport, David, you haven't traveled internationally recently, have you? So if you're a U.S. citizen and you have a pass, what's called global entry, or you're a permanent resident and have global entry, or you have a visa waiver that you've used before. You literally come into the, the airport, you put your passport on a piece on, on the scanner, they scan your fingerprints, they say, welcome to America, and you leave. That's it. That's the only process that exists right now. So we'll talk about more in the next show. This is Chuck Cook, your host of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. We'll be back next week with more tantalizing information and more Trumpisms for sure. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.